0: Well, good morning Greenwich and welcome to the Monday, December 5th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is a psalm I love. Psalm 65. Uh, it's really kind of broken into two halves. I've got the uh, opening few verses memorized at a few years ago and just always love this particular uh, psalm and opportunity to read it and pray it. And so this is for the director of music, a psalm of David. It is a song. Praise awaits you, O God, in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who hear prayer, to you all men will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome deeds of righteousness, O God, our Savior the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who form the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who still the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. Those living far away fear your wonders. Where morning dawns and evening fade, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it you enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain for so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers. You bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the desert overflow. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. Amen. A picture of blessing. God forgiving our sins when we're overwhelmed, drawing us near to worship, to be close to him, answering us with awesome deeds of righteousness. And then the beauty of creation and the bounty of God. You crown the year with your bounty. So I love... Just as we come to the end of the year, this has been a challenging year uh, for, for some, an enormously challenging year, having lost loved ones and other deep challenges and changes in their lives, and yet here we are. Uh, we continue to live and uh, breathe and move and have our being in uh, our Lord and in fellowship with Him and His people, so as we begin a new week, I want to share some more random and not-so-random thoughts, and today is kind of a fun one. I I want to talk about a time when it appears Greenwich was quite aligned with its denomination and its presbytery, but the way of seeing that is through a a little project that we have going. We have uh, in our Files. We have all kinds of old church bulletins. If you're not, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see. But I'm, I'm holding up, you know, church bulletins, and I've got, you know, just a sampling of a couple of years here. There's, there's uh, decades of them that we have, and we're scanning those in just to have a digital file, just in case, you know. So just good to, good to have that. So uh, I've got some bulletins from uh, the late 1949, 1951, and 1952. Albert C. Wynne was the pastor of Greenwich. This was his first church uh, serving. Um, He went on to become the moderator of the General Assembly uh, eventually. So he, you know, was obviously in alignment. (laughs) Um, We were part of Potomac. Presbytery in the Presbyterian Church in the United States, PCUS. So this was a predecessor denomination, not the denomination we are now in. We're in the PCUSA, which was formed by a merger of the PCUS and then the Northern Stream, the United Presbyterian Church in the USA. And so this was one of a predecessor denominations um, the, this is the Southern Presbyterian Church. There was a split back in the 1860s. There was a great conflict, in case you hadn't heard. And so Greenwich being in Virginia, uh, this, this uh, church uh, became part of the Presbyterian Church in the U.S. Generally speaking, the Southern Church is a little more conservative um, theologically, socially, culturally, uh, and the like. And so uh, these bulletins from seventy-ish years ago, a little over seventy years ago, give us a window. Give give me a little window into the past of Greenwich, our church. Okay, this same church. Um, we talk about you know each generation handing on the faith, and so these are our forebears uh, who have handed on the faith. Their names here that will be recognized by by many. Uh, many have gone on, gone home to be with the Lord, but their loved ones are still, some of them are still part of the church family. And so there's this window into um, e- e- the bulletins. They're, they're very, very simple. Um, the, the, the covers are actually purchased by, you know, from the denomination. And so there's, here's a fam- family happily walking to church. And then there's some, you know, building through Christian education, adult education, youth education. So there's little, you know, little blurbs. So each week is a different bulletin. And, um, and then inside the church would print their order of service. Uh, I've got, I've got, I'm not getting this in front of the camera very well. Ah, you can't see it. So I'm going to take that away. Now I've gotten all, now i am gone all fuzzy. And so, it's a window into the order of worship, the sermons, the the songs, the readings, etc. Um, you know how we sometimes begin with a doxology? You know, just the prelude ends and then we start with a doxology. Well, lo and behold, back in the 50s, <laughs> Greenwich would begin with a doxology. Pretty cool. Didn't know that. So Albert Wynne was the pastor uh, and we had student pastors. I'm going to talk about that. So... Each of these bulletins <clears throat> reflects that there was a student pastor. They would come for a stretch of time. They would come from Union Seminary down in Richmond. And so we were a mentoring church. This was a, a field where they could then be supervised and they could practice. It was like an internship, okay, or doing residency in, in, in some ways. Um and so what was interesting, we were in partnership with Bealton Presbyterian Church and, in, and with Brentsville Presbyterian Church. We still have, we, we've reconnected with them in, in recent uh, years. And so Eric goes and Austin House has, has gone when he was here to Bealton and Brentsville. And so we were part of a parish. And so our minister, Albert Wynne would rotate. And so there would be a little blurb, your minister will preach next week. Okay, so, so kind of uh, interesting. And so um, uh, w- one, of the, one of the bulletins says, next week, Mr. Wynne will preach by special request his sermon, The End of the World. Going, wow! So my guess is he preached this at another church. News got back and Greenwich says, well, we want to hear that sermon too. And I realize... All he, I mean, he probably was preparing one or two sermons a month and he would just preach that same sermon at the different churches. And then the student pastor would preach when Mr. Wynn was not present. Interesting. And so we had this uh, relationship with these other churches that interestingly has been rekindled in, in the recent uh, last couple of years at the request of our presbytery, because they don't have ministers, Uh, they need some help. And so uh, I I was not even fully aware of this history until just reading through these bulletins. I just want to make some observations. Um, uh, The the bulletins themselves became a, a bit of a teaching tool. And so one of them says, unless ye be converted, you know, one of them has a picture of, you know, knocking at the door and then talking about, you know, knocking at the door of our lives, okay? You know, Christ knocks. Um, Greenwich had one service back then. Um, At one point, we see that there was a change of time of Sunday. It was Sunday school first and then the worship service, so one worship service. Uh, When the time change happened by order of the session, that's the language, by order of the session, uh, Sunday school's at 10.15 for all ages, and then um, church was at 11.30. Would you be ready to have church at 11.30 every week if we made that kind of change? <laughs> would you come to Sunday school if we made it maybe at a, at a different hour? Vacation Bible school was two weeks long, and there was a very intentional training process for all the Sunday school teachers, and we would have you know 80 to 90 stu- children would attend Um, Vacation Bible School. Our weekly youth fellowship was known as PYF, Presbyterian Youth Fellowship, to distinguish it perhaps from MYF, Methodist Youth Fellowship. Uh, One week, uh, the bulletin says that uh, the PYF will be watching a film, The The Martyrdom of Stephen. (laughs) They're watching a film about Stephen, the first martyr. Interesting choir rehearsal held on Friday night at 7.30. Are you kidding me? There's a note that one of our own members, Dylan Wood Jr., will now be leading the choir. We know him as John. John is deceased uh, back in, oh golly, was that maybe three years ago? Uh, 2019, December of 2019. Um, and so many of you will know, know John, his daughter, Linda, Linda Spittle and Philip. And so, um, anyway, so interesting to see that, um, there's a note about the 13 weeks of tithing program yielded $427 and 25 cents that would go to reduce the debt on the well. So Greenwich had a well, we replaced that well in our building project. We needed to drill a new well. Okay, interesting. So 13 weeks of tithing, and so there's a very intentional effort to have people tithe. The budget in 1952 was $7,900. 70 years later, it is $1.3 million. Oh my goodness, wow. Officers were installed in July, not in January. There was only 10 elders and deacons. The deacons only met quarterly. They didn't meet monthly as we do, but they met quarterly. And the deacons then were the kind of caretakers of the buildings and and grounds. Um, We adopted a missionary to Congo. Our missionary that we've adopted was Dr. Kirk Morrison. There was a visitation evangelism event. And so the church went out to visit local homes in a visitation evangelism event. And here's from September of 1951. God answers prayers. Our, in our visitation evangelism last week, um, uh, results are far beyond any expectation we might have had. Five teams went out for four nights and contacted personally 97 people who have no active church connection. They secured 15 professions of faith, three restatements of faith, and six transfers. Oops, we stole some people. (laughs) Isn't that something? The great unused power in the church is the layman. Look what one week of faithful work by layman can do. Wow, isn't that something? And so a visitation evangelism event. Um, There's notes as we get to to November of the Union Thanksgiving service with Oakdale Baptist Church. Well, we're still doing that. We just had it uh, uh, last week, right, or two weeks ago. And so, now doesn't, Little Zion's not in there. So interesting to know when Little Zion came in, but the Union Thanksgiving service is still going there uh, one week, there was a week of Bible study and everybody came out to church for Bible study. There was a Sunday school visitation event, not the evangelism event, but a Sunday school visitation event. Every home where children who were connected to Greenwich, every home where the children are not attending Sunday school got a visit from somebody at Greenwich, inviting them and urging the parents to bring their children to Sunday school. Wow. We hosted the presbytery <clears throat> in July of 1952. Greenwich hosted the presbytery meeting. The ministers and the pastors, you know, we go to D.C. It's always down in, in, in D.C. Um, in January of 1951, there was a week of prayer. The General Assembly asked every church to engage in a week of prayer and self-denial for world missions. And so it's mentioned in our bulletin, inviting Greenwich members to fast and pray essentially, okay, for world missions. Uh, In November of 1952, a Union Seminary professor came and preached at Greenwich. And then in December of 1952, there was a fundraising campaign to support Union Seminary. So I'm sure the two were connected have the professors go out and preach, and then we would do a fundraising campaign. But we were supporting Union Presbytery down in Richmond. Um, our young adults uh, were, were invited to a Presbytery um, ministry event down at the old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria. And so, you know, the OPMH uh, as it's known now. Um let me, let me read a couple of these. So this is from March 18th of 1951. Uh, our special services begin tonight at 8 p.m. with the pastor preaching. We plan to follow closely the last week of Jesus' life as it was recorded in Mark's gospel. And then it was a daily schedule of reading, so we're in Lent, right, Holy Week. Will you read along with us each day? The message each night will be taken from the scripture for that day. The Lord's Supper will be observed on Thursday night, what we know as Maundy Thursday. So there was an evening service every week of Holy Week with communion on uh, Thursday. In our meeting, it says, we want to strengthen our members, but also to seek and save the lost. The sermons will not help the unsaved if they are not there to hear them. Will you bring someone? So evening services every night of the week, specific readings that to be followed along uh, and then come to the service and bring your unsaved neighbors. Wow, 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 wow. Um, uh, This is February of um, 1951, February 11th, 1951. A note in our bulletin, too many Christians live as though it were not true that all men are the sons of God who made men of one blood too many too many talk of love but live in isolation from their brother men too many draw apart in man-made boundaries excluding men they will not claim as kin because these men have different features different skin and hair yet christians are supposed to be the guardians of the truth that all men are the sons of god and cannot but be brothers And this is a message from the Race Relations Sunday from the National Council of Churches. And so an effort to keep in front of us the reality that we are one with our sisters and brothers of color. Here is from uh, July of 1952, a special prayer petition. The women of the church request that all who will do so include the following petition in their prayers for the next two weeks. Pray for the recognition of God, a seeking after his will on the part of all citizens in this election year, that we may know and have the men of God's choice as our nation's leaders. Now that that says a whole lot, right? The women of the church are calling the church to prayer. They're praying for the election, right? So it's a reality, praying for godly leaders, but interestingly, that God would raise up the, the men of God's choice, different era, right? But this call in an election year to pray for godly leaders, that was going on at, at Greenwich. Uh, this is from August of 1952, I just had to laugh. On the back of the bulletin, the note from the denomination, how to beat communism. Okay, so we're 1952, right? You've got to be, first of all, a true believer. It won't do to be just a passive receiver of the Christian scheme of things. You must be as convinced as a communist. Wow! (laughs) You also have to be a practicer of your faith. Mmm, boy, and it goes on. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, There is also in the files this a centennial magazine uh, on the 100th anniversary of the Presbyterian church forming in 1861. And I just noted uh, on the back, are you and your church in this evangelism effort? Presbyterians called to mission, cavalcades prepare for mission to nation, church groups begin mission of friendship. And so a call to evangelism back in 1861. This is what it looks like to be aligned with your denomination and your presbytery. You are in relationship. You're inviting folks to preach, to teach. You are going to teach and preach at their churches. You're lifting up the presbytery events. You're hosting the presbytery. You are aligned around the purposes of evangelism and mission. Christian education, uh, deepening, uh, getting the children into class, inviting uh, people to come and hear the message of the gospel that they might be saved. These were the priorities of the Presbyterian Church U.S. These were the priorities of Greenwich Presbyterian Church. There was an alignment. It was a gracious alignment. We want to be in relationship with our sisters and brothers of color, right? We're going to fellowship with Oakdale Baptist, And so I just was struck in reading, you know, a couple of years worth of bulletins. And again, there's decades more of how involved Greenwich was. Um, Albert Wynne went, I don't think I I read that. He went over to West Virginia to attend the General Assembly event. Um, Somewhere along the way, Greenwich kind of fell out of alignment. But but I don't think it's that Greenwich changed. I think Greenwich still has a priority on missions, right? We have our own missionary, Austin House, that's over in Burma, Austin and Sinte. We're still committed to evangelism. We're not doing as much about it, I think. Um, you know, we try to preach the gospel every every Sunday. Um, and so this this call that this this call to be the people of God, to know the Word of God, to pray and to fast and to be about missions and to be about education and to be generous. 13 weeks of tithing. Let's let's take care of the house. Let's, uh, there's other you know, announcements about benevolences and, and being involved in, in, in serving the, the community. And so I just was struck with the amount of involvement with the denomination, General Assembly efforts, from the bulletins themselves that are reflecting the, the, the purposes with which Greenwich is aligned, these educational messages that are on the back of the bulletins, but then the, the, the fullness of activity with the, Pre, the Potomac Presbytery, just being at other churches, them inviting us and our youth and our young adults to be involved in their efforts and us hosting those efforts, that's what alignment looks like that has just struck me and so I'm probably going to tease this out some more maybe on a Sunday morning but this is what alignment looks like and so right now it what's so difficult is the themes and and priorities of our Presbyterian our denomination are not evangelism Uh, there's not a call for prayer for home missions and fasting and prayer it's now denouncing your whiteness (laughs) It's, it's, um, encouraging, uh, you know, support for transgender youth. And I, I'm I'm sympathetic to that because I don't want any, any young person to suffer and be in harm, but, but we teach that in the beginning, God made the male and female. And so it's male and female and man and woman are marriage. And so, so where the, the falling out of alignment has come because our denomination has, shifted its priorities, it shifted its efforts, it's shifted its focus. And Greenwich continues in this old way. <laughs> and some would say, well, Greenwich is old fashioned and maybe that's not all bad. So anyway, I just, was, I just wanted to share that, just kind of some random thoughts around that, the observations. Um, We are actually putting together some kind of uh, display that'll be in the Greenwich Gallery. That'll be the next art show, as it were, trying to figure out how to display some of of these archived um, uh, items, uh, old pictures and old bulletins and newsletters and the like. So anyway, gone on long enough. Uh, Hopefully you stayed (laughs) to listen a little bit to this. Um, and, And thank you. Uh, thank you for your continued attention to the Basement Academy. I hope this week's uh, going to talk about the Atlas of the Heart, a book review. I want to visit, revisit truth and grace and give some examples of that. I want to talk about something called successor ideology by a guy named Wesley Yang. And then I'm going to answer, somebody said, how come you don't preach on hell? You need to preach on hell more. And so I'm going to answer that question. Okay, so let's let's close with prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for the rich heritage at Greenwich. We are not a perfect church. Uh, We have participated, uh, no doubt, in years gone by in activities and beliefs and practices that uh, need to be repented of and we trust have been repented of. But Lord, thank you for this window into the past Um, and, and for the faithful men and women who have served before us. Help us to be faithful in our time, in our generation to hold fast the word of God, to lift high the cross of Christ, and to call men and women, boys and girls everywhere to know Jesus and to be conformed into his image. And so bless us as we walk into this new week, praying in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God who is from everlasting to everlasting bless you and keep you this day and forevermore. Amen.